ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. I have the honor of doing a Be Honest conversation with the legendary Sheryl Crow. Are you guys? I, I had two conversations with her earlier today. I just wanted to talk to her about her her thoughts on life, where she wanted to go with the conversation. She was very easy. She's like, all questions, no worries. I'll talk about anything. She's accomplished so much. Nine Grammys. Right? Over 50 million sold. I may be rounding up, but about that. Hi. Um, and that's a big deal. So, I, and I, are we all Sheryl Crow friends? Everyone has a song, right? Okay. I need, yeah, two hands, please. We got to get excited. Hi, hi. It's not some indie band. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we got to get excited for Cheryl Crow. So she's going to come to the stage. We're going to have a conversation and then she's going to perform for us. And if we are lucky, she'll stay all night. No, sure. Okay. No, no. Okay. But she's going to give us at least four songs. So, uh, without further ado, a round of applause for the amazing, incomparable Cheryl Crow. Let's just say, yeah, stand up. Let's take a moment. Let's give her a W round of applause, folks. Okay. So, um, how does it, okay, so you just, you were here earlier today doing sound check and I was listening to you. You sound amazing. Um, first time at this event. Tell me your initial thoughts as you, you see everyone here and what you've been able to uh, ascertain so far. Well, first of all, um, what a gorgeous setting. And um, I also, I mean, there's a few things today. I'm uh, obviously a woman. So it's um, <laughs> Um, it, so it's fun for me to get to be here to talk about my journey and um, my journey as a businesswoman and as an artist in a business that's typically been, been run by men. But it's also an interesting day just by virtue of what's going on sure. in the world and how important I feel like it is for people to, you know, just to put their phones down and actually be with each other mm. and just, you know, experience what it's like to be. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I to call you out but um but no i mean it's you know we're just finding how precious life is and it's just good to really be in dialogue that's uplifting so you guys let's just take a moment because she's talking about vegas we have the hurricanes there's so much here and i know sage talked about it earlier but it is a blessing for us to all be here and enjoy one another i we always battle with the phone that was the one thing that she kept talking about. We can't put our phones down, and I don't know why. Is it because we're looking at likes or we're looking at notifications? We're so yeah. focused on our phone. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm older than a lot of you guys, so I grew up with the phone on the wall in the kitchen. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And um, I don't have uh, strong memories of my mom spending a lot of time on the phone, so I... I have vivid memories of her face, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, and I and it does sound funny, but now that I have kids and I think about what they're going to remember about me, mm. I don't want them to remember me always looking down or kind of half listening, and mm. um, and I just notice it more now. So I made an agreement with myself, I bet myself um, that I could detox off of that um, needing to be somewhere else. Um, 
and I put my phone on silent, and I only check it maybe once an hour, and it's been really liberating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, you know, it's been really a good thing for me for my heart rate for sure. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's an easy go to for everybody. You know, we're just used to being distracted now. So yeah, distractions are always welcome in our world, especially if we're busy. Um, I I thought it was interesting because Cheryl has so many different things that we can talk about outside of just being a wonderful um, artist. Uh, you've been through a lot. You talk about your kids. You've she adopted two kids. We'll get to that. Two boys. And they're awesome. And, and they're awesome. Else, they just played flag football and my seven-year-old got a touchdown. <laughs> and my ten-year-old got a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> These are the big things. All the good you know. things. Um, you battled breast cancer. I did, yes. I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah. yeah, you wrote a book. I mean, there is, we could be here all night. I, but I want to go back to something that I think is interesting because everyone wants to know where'd you start or what's your beginning. There's this interesting, interesting image we were able to locate on the YouTube, on the internets. Uh, backup singer for Michael Jackson. Bad tour, you, uh, 1988. You London. have to love some 80s hair. Uh huh. <laughs> you have got to love some 80s hair, people. So, talk to me about that moment in your life. I just can't stop loving you. Uh, Well, I'll tell you, it's kind of funny. I mean, and you talk about um, messaging. And I tell this story to a lot of young girls who ask me, how do I get into the record business? And I was a school teacher in Missouri. And I, uh, I drove out to L.A. And six months later, I crashed an audition for the Michael Jackson tour to go on the road. And I got it. I mean, it was one of those things where you had to be recommended by like a Quincy Jones or a Bruce Swedeen or, you know, somebody in the inner circle. And I just thought, well, I mean, what's the worst thing that they could do? And so I went and they said, well, do you have, you know, a tape or anything? And I was like, I don't, but, um, but I promise, you know, I can sing. And so they said, <laughs> okay, come on in. And um, I got it. So, you know, it's just like one of those things where if you don't try, you'll never know. And it totally put my my life on a course. I'd never been out of Missouri. I mean, I literally had never been out of the States, didn't own a passport. And a month later, we were playing in front of 75,000 people uh, in Tokyo. So wow. you just never, I mean, you never know. You can work your whole life towards something, but it's the actual act of showing up that I think is what, it's what leaves some people behind. It's yeah. that, that just saying, well, what do I have to lose? So... Just take a moment and listen to that. I didn't have a tape. I just went in and I said, I can sing. How amazing is that? And I know that you said you never, ever really considered yourself a backup singer. You always knew that there was more. I can't, well, I, I actually never thought I couldn't do it. I didn't have anybody in my life that was telling me, um, well, that's not true. My parents always said, look, you got to get a college degree. <laughs> so you got, and you know, you need to get a teaching degree so you have something to fall back on. And that something to fall back on was that thing that I always said, oh no, yeah. I'm not going to do the thing that you're telling me it's going to be, a, I'm going to fall back on that. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I think there is something really wonderful about being, um, of believing that old thing that if you work really hard, that good things will happen. Mm-hmm. It may not be exactly what you thought was going to happen, but if your intention is in the right place, then something good is going to happen. You uh, have a new album, Be Myself, and um, one thing that I noticed that 
that you are really focused on is really being true to who you are, uh, not being a follower. Tell me about the process for that. What does Be Myself mean? Well, we started making this record, actually. Um, I have a friend that I've written with for years. I call him my musical husband. And um, he recently moved to Nashville. He, both of us lived in L.A. for years. And he moved to Nashville about three minutes from my house. He's got kids, just as I do, two boys. And all this stuff was going on during the election. And there was a lot of other stuff um, with social media and... I just, it just felt like such a, I felt so urgent about making a record. I felt like I had so many things to write about, so many things to say, and basically made a, a whole album in a month, which is very quick for me. But this particular song is really about, um, and we spent a lot of time talking about how hard it is. It, it must be to grow up now with a gadget that's constantly telling you what you should look like and what you need to do to have followers, and you're constantly putting images of yourself out there when I mean I remember how hard it was to be a teenager without all that um, I mean we had our, our small forms of bullying um, that aren't nearly what can be magnified now with the um, outreach of social media and just the idea that um, you know you're trying to get followers and I love the idea of not being a follower but actually being um, you know just being authentic and having you know just I don't know I don't really want people to follow me I want to be somebody that is saying, um, I love being who I am, and I want you to love being who you are. Um, so that was really what the song was about. It's, the chorus is, if I can't be someone else, someone else, I may as well be myself. Like, that's some booby prize, you know? You're some, right. Some, like, cop, you know... Um, it's like, you know, I'm going to be me if I can't do you. Exactly. All right, that's fine. And yeah. it's good with that. Yeah. You know, I, okay, so you've been in the business for a very long time, and yeah. you guys understand the industry, and it's so fluid. Um, you're here today, gone tomorrow. What yeah. would you attribute your staying power to? Uh, well, I just, I think um, stubbornness. I mean, maybe <laughs> partly. Um, I, I think, um, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know. I mean, I, I actually can't even tell you why some people make it. I certainly can't, can't address that these days. When I first got started, there was no, um, obviously, there were no, was no social media. There weren't really the big vehicles um, to get you out there, like um, the TV shows, like American Idol and things like that. And you started out in a club, and you you got better and better um, without having the magnus, uh, you know, magnifying glass on you. And um, eventually, you know, you played for more and more people, and um, it's not like that anymore. So I think part of it is just I love doing what I'm doing. I feel I do feel a sense of urgency about writing. Um, the truth. I feel like there's a real, it's, you know, there's a, um, a mindset out there that's kind of vapid as far as what music is anymore about pop music. What do you mean by that? Well, for instance, um, now radio, I guess instead of radio deciding if something is, is good enough to play, they decide, um, it, they find out if the, those people that are buying their ads, um, if, if this song is going to test well for their demographics. So then what we have is, um, music being sort of, um, I guess basically um, uh, geared towards the 13 to 26 year old. Right. And it's been really liberating to be my age because I know there are a lot of people that are my age that like just they like music that has words that are <laughs> you know not all. Are there no words these days? <laughs> 
I mean, we, I'm sure everybody in the, in the room loves sex, but it doesn't have to all be about sex. <laughs> there can be. It's always written about other things. And uh, so. You mentioned your age. I wonder this, and, and, and I think that every woman at one point or another goes through this issue where they, they, they battle with age, right? They battle with, am I old enough, young enough, good enough? What would you say, and this is funny because I asked Pam this question. Hey, Pam. Uh, what would you say uh, one of your biggest insecurities has been since as a star, as a, as a singer, as the celebrity. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, just watching that, that clip behind me just makes me want to like run under the stage. And, um, I don't like, uh, I don't like watching myself. And part of it is I don't love aging. I mean, that's just, you know, I don't feel at all how old I actually am. I remember my grandmother when she's in her eighties telling me that she feels like the same kid on the bicycle. It's just that when she looks at the hands on the handlebars, they look so old and she can't believe they're on her arms, you know. And that's kind of how I feel. I still feel super young. I feel as um, as excited and as um, on fire about music and about life as I ever have. In fact, probably more so now than I have in years. Um, but it's just, you know, I don't want to see it, you know. Why is that? Why? What is that about? I don't well, know what that is. I, you know, now everybody has to look so perfect and, you know, everybody gets their faces done. And I just, am, I know myself. I know I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But I also don't enjoy seeing, I don't enjoy looking at it. Mm-hmm. So I, if I. It, <laughs> Ladies, can we relate? Is there anybody? I know. Well, I just, I would rather enjoy my life and not be hung up with. I just feel better embracing getting older than go, than worrying about what's in the mirror. You know what I mean? Long way back. What's that about? Well, I wrote a song 20 years ago called Every Day is a Winding Road. And I was kind Every of... Every day. You can, yeah, can you give it to one. me again? How do you go? Every day is a winding road. I'm going to save my scene. Go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to. All off beat. Go on. <laughs> um, and that song, I mean, I, when I listen to it, I go, oh, gosh, I was so young. And so impressionable. Um, and it really was, it was about sort of looking at the road ahead with a, you know, a real sense of innocence and where am I going? And um, now I'm older and this, this song is really about, gosh, I've been everywhere. I've done everything. And it's, it's looking back on the road behind me and just really accruing all the lessons that I've learned from all the experiences and how much richer life is, you know, as you get older, not, not, you know, how you got to stay young. You don't. I don't know about anybody else, but she looks good to me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, right? Like I'm, I'm not looking here thinking, oh, you're aging. I'm thinking you look good. I'm I'm like, what's your ab workout? Uh, Um, seriously? Yeah. Oh. Uh, sing, <laughs> in depth questioning singing definitely <laughs> I mean I'm, I am super active I okay. have two, like I said I have two little boys and I love sports I know you guys are all into sports and stuff but I was never a person that really um, loved working out I love sports mm-hmm. I love swimming I was a competitive swimmer I was a track runner um, and my kids are active I mean we are either on the trampoline we jump on the trampoline every day, and wow. that's a good workout. Uh-huh. And we play tennis. Both my boys play tennis, and we just, you know, we just, we are super active. Wyatt and Levi? Do I Wyatt have and Levi. Yeah. You um, adopted them. How old yes. were they? They were newborn, yeah. Tell me about that process. Why did you decide to adopt? Well, um, 
I had just come out of cancer treatment, and I just decided, I sat down with my mom. My mom and dad are still married. They're, they have 62 years now. And wow. They're great. Wow. They're fantastic people. And I'm from a really small town in Missouri, which we would be considered to be pretty conservative. But as the years have gone on and as they've seen the country change, they've become much more liberal and very, um, I don't know. But my mom was the first person that said, look, you want to be a mom. Get a get some sperm and get a surrogate. And I was like, okay, mom, <laughs> preach it. Um, but I didn't want to do that. I just really felt like, gosh, there are kids coming in every day. And I know God has this crazy plan. You just don't get the wrong kids. I don't care if they come to you biologically or if they find their way from China or wherever it is. And so I just opened up the door and said, if it's meant to be, then it's going to happen. And, um, yeah, within... Three years, I had two little boys that were born a day apart, three years, and so, and they're fantastic. They're very close, and they look like each other. It's just, you know, what what can you say? How, how do you balance it? We get that question a lot. Single mom, career, how do you balance it all? You just, you know, you guys are women. You just... You just do it. You get it done, right? You, you get... My, my, um, I have a really good friend that always says, um... Make shit happen. Uh-huh. I don't know if we can say that here, but she's always like, MSH, girl. Uh-huh. And uh, you do. You just get it done. But my priority has been my kids. And I was lucky. You know, I was 42 when I adopted my 10-year-old. And um, no, I was 45 when I adopted him because I'm wow. 55. So I was 45 when I adopted I was 42. Yeah, 45 when I adopted him. And um, by that time, I had, you know, I traveled the world. I'd... I'd done everything I could possibly imagine and more and I felt like I'm not missing out on anything if I put my kids first and it's just worked out great I mean they have gone all over the world with me and um and I schedule things around them and so yeah we just you know we are at the dinner table every single night at six o'clock and you know they think I'm like the strictest mom on the planet why do they think that well, I just don't love my kids being babysat by video games and stuff. I mm-hmm. think it does something to the brain, man. And mm-hmm. so they have to earn it. We have a library system. I mean, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, <laughs> you read 20 minutes, you get 20 minutes. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, um, but I want them to know the joy of, I mean, exertion and hard work and just what it feels like to like change the molecules with inspiration, you know. I, you and I were talking about it. I mean, I've been around a lot of fantastic athletes. I've, um, I mean, I got my hair cut like Dorothy Hamill when I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I've been inspired by you guys. I mean, I've been inspired to want to be great. You know, I'm the person that sits in front of the Olympics and boohoo's over the stories, you know, and um, it's inspiring and it makes all of us feel like. We can do great things, and it's the same with music, and um, it's the same with almost anything where you know somebody has put their heart and soul and their energy into. It makes you feel like you can do it, you know? i got to go back to what you said to me, the connection between sports and music, and you were talking about your time with Michael Jackson and watching him, the divinity of it, the molecules. Can you explain that? Yeah, you know, I feel like, um, and I was raised Christian, and I I studied Buddhism, and I'm a big meditator, and 
Jesus is my homie, but, you know, I think there are a lot of other enlightened beings that have walked the planet that have served to, to emulate what enlightenment is. And so when people ask me what God is, I'm just like, you know, it's the thing that is the threat in all of us. And when I was working with Michael, I looked at this guy. Um, I, I doubled him on a few songs. Um, like, she says, I am the one. And I would be standing off stage doubling him, and I'd be watching him do these, you know, these crazy moves that no one's ever seen before. And, you know, you don't know how hard it is to invent something that's never been done before mm. and to watch him, do, like, look like he's defying gravity. And I could see the divinity that that exi- that existed in him, you know, with all the display of humanity and ego and fragility that went along with who he was and became from a five-year-old. But when he stepped out on stage, there was something that did change the molecules in the room. And I see it with the greatest of artists, people that walk out into a room and they have nothing more than a guitar and a mic and they make all of us feel deeply. Or when you see um, Mia Hamm or you see somebody incredible serena i mean you just and you know the odds of that and what goes into it and it propels all of us to be the best Mm. that we can be it puts us in touch with something that is you know that's that's deeper but i i do i do feel like with art and it's something that I, i really want to encourage all of our young people that art is what has typically throughout history it's 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 like hieroglyphics it's told our story it's it's basically, um, diet, you know, it's, 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 you know, written our history for us about who we are, who we became, what we were into, and that it, it has to be treated with uh, the reverence it deserves. So. I, I want to go back um, because you said something earlier, and I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm uh, glossing over it, but you have breast cancer. I have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So where were you? when you were diagnosed, did you self-diagnose? Did you feel like something was off or it was just a regular mammogram? No, it's kind of a funny thing. Um, I was in a relationship, which I don't even want, I hate to bring it up, but I was in a relationship and, um, and uh, it was very public. We split and then six days later I had a schedule. Well, actually, we split and then a couple of days later I had this mammogram schedule and it was such a hassle. It's like, I don't want to go do that. It was my yearly mammogram. And I went and a few days later she called me in and she said, you know, we've seen something, we need a biopsy to it and it was cancer. And it was just like within a matter of six or seven days my life just imploded wow. on itself. And But it really was one of those weird things. I would never say, yeah, it was a great thing and I recommend everyone have it. Um, it... it 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 made me really not only redefine my life but refine my life in a lot of different ways and it wound up being a real lifesaver in some strange ways about how I was treating myself and this is a good message for all you women that are um, you know super achievers that are like the best at um, getting a thousand things done making shit happen. Um, that you wind up putting yourself at the bottom. That's what we're so good at. We're so good at taking care of everybody, making sure that kids got the lunch, that you're going to go to this meeting, that you got to get your workout in, you're going to do this, da da da. And the last person you take care of is yourself. And um, that's really where I was at. And it changed my perspective about life. How did you redefine and refine? Well, I, first thing I did was 
I learned how to say no, which was something I was never accustomed to because I liked every, I know, that's one of those, no is Husbands are clapping around, yes, (laughs) honey, say no. Damn it. But I never, I would, like, I would, I would do everything to make sure everybody was happy with me, you know, I would never say no to anything, and, um, I mean, just periodically I'd just say no just to say it, you know, and... Um, that was one of the things, like just listening to myself and really prioritizing, um, you know, putting myself up here. It's like that stewardess that comes around or the flight attendant that says, you know, you put your mask on before you put anybody else's on. And I just was constantly going around putting people's oxygen mask on while I'm like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, so. we do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that public breakup we shall not speak of, right? We move past that. That reminds me, though, of a song you have. My favorite mistake. I have a few favorite mistakes. Tell everybody about that. <laughs> Every lady can relate to their favorite mistake. Actually, that's how. Look at this one. She her. She like, go uh, ahead, girl. Uh, do we not all uh-huh. have uh-huh. a favorite uh-huh. mistake? <laughs> yes. yeah. So tell me about my yes. favorite mistake. Um, I have a few, and um, so I can't really say that there is one person. Although there are people that have speculated, just like with Carly Simon, and you're so vain. Um, I shall never tell. Okay. But, um, yeah, yes, exactly. (laughs) There's only like a couple of people that actually know, but it's kind of an amalgam anyway. But, um, yeah, the Globe Sessions was primarily that album was about a breakup that just totally broke my heart. But at the same time was one of those moments in time where you go, I knew I should not have dipped my toe into that. <laughs> but you love who you love. You, you know? can't help you it. You love who you love. So. Is there anybody in the audience who, who loves someone they shouldn't have loved? Is there any? That hasn't... Oh, just you? Just you? Just me? Only one. Only... Oh, okay, three sprinkled. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Let's called be honest. I am done with all y'all right now. Give me the chorus. Um, well, let's see. Uh, that, the chorus of that... Um, did you know when you go, um, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, mm. you know, you know. Favorite mistake. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not. Uh-huh. No juice. No juice. You don't regret it. No. You need it. I mean, I really actually don't have any regrets. I can safely say. Mm. I, I mean, that. there are a few things I wish I wouldn't have worn on the red carpet. Okay, well, I mean, yeah. But, yeah. you know. Hairstyles, perhaps. Hairstyles. There, there were a few, like, um, worse dress moments. But I, I look at you, and I think um, how incredibly easy it is to chat with you. And very, you're very down to earth. I don't, you don't have the, uh, I'm very famous, don't touch me I'm type so vibe. <laughs> it's so famous, don't talk to me. Um, Do you know where I'm going to be at 6.30 tomorrow morning? I'm going to be getting my kids up uh-huh. and take I'm flying back tonight so I can be in the school drop-off lane. Keep it humble. Keeping it real, baby. Keep it humble. What's your advice, if you will, um, for, I like what you said a moment ago about how we're giving, we're putting everyone's oxygen mask on, but we're not taking care of ourselves. So what's your advice for, for the women who are um, upwardly mobile, successful, and trying to do it all? Wow. Um, I'll tell you... Um, I really feel like, I mean, sometimes I actually feel like there's a, that the minute is shrinking, like it's a tangible feeling that the minute is shrinking. And um, there are scientists that talk about that, that elasticity in time. And that, and I, I really just want to encourage everybody to, like, periodically in the middle of your day just stop and look around you and just get yourself back into your body and just absorb a little bit of what life 
is holding for you because it you wake up and you're 55 <laughs> and and that's a good thing but you don't want to look back and think you missed a lot of your life and i do think that for te- for all the great things that technology can do it does take us away from being present um and the other thing is I, I encourage everyone that I meet that mindfulness meditation can really elongate your day and can actually, in some ways, I think, um, inform you about what the next step for you, um, what's going to hold the most meaning for you. And I know that sounds crazy, but just quieting the brain, even if you do for five minutes a day, just quieting your brain and really trying to let whatever thoughts come in, just let them go. They're all going to be there later. Um, so that you're able to really tap into the, to the divine and tap into what it is that is for you. Sometimes we miss out on what is for us because we're really busy telling that story. One of the things I will tell you about my adopting my kids that my mom said, my mom says our, our whole lives, we tell a story about what our life is was supposed to look like, Mm -hmm. what was meant to be. And I told this story up until I adopted my kids or until I had cancer that I was going to fall in love and I was going to get married Mm -hmm. and I was going to have babies and I was still going to have my career and I was going to do this and do that. Um, And what that wound up doing was really limiting what my life could be by saying it's supposed to be this. And as soon as I let go of that story... I went up with these two beautiful boys and some incredible relationships along the way. Um, maybe everything isn't going to look exactly like the way we're conditioned to think that it's supposed to look by virtue of what we've had or what we didn't get. But maybe this, the, the, the adventure or the challenge is to not ever tell the story but to say thank you for infinite possibility, the possibilities that I cannot even brainstorm, that my tiny pea brain can't even envision based on things I've already seen. Maybe there's more. So, I mean, that's that's my advice to anybody I ever meet is to, you know, just to let go of the story and tap into that thing that is bigger than what your brain can picture. Because you can't plan your life. That's so right. Like, get rid of the story because it's not no, going to be that No, and you have to way. remember that your brain is like a computer. It knows the things that have already been put into it by its experiences. But there's a whole other part of our brain we don't even use, that maybe it's connected to spirit. Maybe it's not. But if you base everything in your life, all your goals on, of what you want to be or what you want your life to look like based on what's already been, then just think about what you're missing and, I mean, we wouldn't have had the incredible women that we've had in history if they told the story about trying to do something that somebody else had already done. And, um, you know, that's that to me is what great achievement is about. At 55, two, two boys, two wonderful boys who just scored touchdowns at flag football, one or both, yeah, yeah. make sure I get it right. Um, are you the happiest you've ever been? Are you content? How would you describe yourself right now? Um... I think that, um, like I said, I'm from a small town. I could not wait to get out of there. I mean, it was like my mission in life. It's like I'm going to grow up. I can't wait to get out of this town. And I feel more connected to who I am, who I came into the world as than I ever have in my life. And, you know, I think you come into life, and it's like when you wake up from a dream, and the dream is so vivid, but then the phone rings, and you can't remember the dream at all. We come in as babies, and we, we we slowly 
begin forgetting everything mm -hmm. that was connected to us when we came in by people teaching us words and wiping our butts and, you know, mm -hmm. teaching us uh, to walk and now say this and say that. And then they teach us other things, good things, bad things, how we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to believe. And I feel more open and more or less tethered to a belief system than ever. I only know, and what I'm watching now in this country, what I know more than ever is that if compassion isn't the basis of everything that I do in my life and that everybody does in their life, we are shortchanging our world. Yeah. So, Compassion and fun. Speaking of, that transitions to uh, a moment in which you were having some fun, oh. maybe some compassion. Yes. Roller skating. Compassion for my knees. And such. My elbows. Yeah. Let's watch it. This ain't no disco. It ain't no country club either. Hey, everybody. Cheryl Crow here at Summerfest on Jimmy Kimmel Live Music. All right, here's my plan. I got to get all the way back. I'm playing, and I got to get... Through here, um, I want to make sure everybody's getting hydrated. That's why I'm trying to keep my carbon footprint really small. Didn't bring a car. I'm on skates, okay? I'm roller skating. Let's see who we can find around here. I want to make sure everybody's, uh, you know, getting hydrated. I don't know how many of you guys know that uh, beer is uh, my drink of choice when it comes to getting hydrated. Although, it doesn't really help in the hydration area, if you know what I'm saying. Excited to see Cheryl Crow. We are oh, you're leaving. Okay. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you getting hydrated today? Are you like a? Are you? Uh, who are you? Any chance you guys want to get some lemonade? I'm going to be selling lemonade in a little bit. I love this song. I mean, I, I, that's an oldie. I but I love it. That's like older than you. Well, don't you just want to have some fun? <laughs> do you not love that? Were you here? I do. I mean, I do love it. You know, yeah. it's funny. I, th making that record, um, it was right around the time that Bill Clinton got elected to be president. Uh -huh. And it just takes me back to L.A. Uh-huh. Um, and writing that song and hanging out at the Formosa Cafe across from the car wash. And, uh -huh. you know. Anybody know L.A.? You're like, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so tell me about that. So you're just, uh, you do this thing with Jimmy Kimmel, just trying yeah. to have a little fun. And people are like, I think I know you. I'm not quite for sure, but yeah, I do. Yeah. And your experience was just to hang out and have some fun? Literally have some fun? Yeah, it was. We were getting ready to release this song called Roller Skate, which is, the chorus of it is, put your phone away, let's roller skate. Mm -hmm. And um, so we thought, well, this will be fun. Let's go out in the crowd and I'll roller skate. You'd be shocked. I mean, most people had no idea that it was me. They mm -hmm. just were like, who's that weird chick on some roller uh -huh. skate? Uh -huh. <laughs> I, which I saw because uh -huh. you're like, we're leaving. We're yeah. leaving. No, we don't want to see Cheryl. And I was like, don't you want to see, uh, uh -huh. don't you want to see Cheryl? Oh, who is that? Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> we want to see Cheryl. Do you guys want to hear her perform? So um, we, ha we have a set list. Um, I actually, I don't know about you, some of the highlights of this interview for me is when she just sings like one-liners for me. I don't, can you just, I don't know, can we just do a little, um, and I'm not going to sing, it's we as in you. Um, can we do, have a little fun right now? All I want to do is have some fun. I got a feeling I'm not the only one. All I want to do is have some fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you guys are ready? Okay, they're ready. All right, guys, without further ado, are you ready for this performance? Yeah. 
can we give her a round of applause? She was extremely honest. Thank you. God bless you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.